Thank you, Lord. I mean, you know, just because the news quits talking about it, it didn't stop, right? That's right. It's uh, it's ongoing, and the Lord's helping them. We prayed that He would, and He's helping them in Jesus' name. He's doing good things there in Jesus' name. You know, I was listening to Kevin. He was talking about people living beyond their means, living beyond their paycheck. I, I lived beyond my paycheck before I was serving God. <laughs> don't do that. It's a bad thing. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Glory to God. Aren't you glad when you found out that you don't have to do that anymore? I paid more bills with credit cards than I'd like to ever admit to. None of y'all ever did that, did you? Use your credit cards to pay your bills? Yeah, no, don't do it. Take advice from me. Don't do it. Glory to God. Open up your Bibles to Luke 6, about verse 41. We'll look at the Word of God. He is always helping us, isn't He? He's helping us. He, he's showing us new things. He's showing us, uh, you know, He shows me so many times things in my life that if I just tweak them a little bit, you know, so, so many things, you know, we're looking for some big change, and all you need to do is just turn it that much, and, and it would change the whole way you see something. Amen? And when you see it differently, then you can react to things differently. You can act towards things differently. And, and you can act in the goodness of God instead of what you thought might be good. Amen? Luke 6, verse 41. It says, And why behold thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but perceive not the beam that's in your own eye? Now, in, in Matthew, this goes along with judging, and it still is somewhat about judging, but that, Luke looks at it a different direction. Amen? And, and, you know, because there's so many things that we see wrong. And, and, and as we see, you know, what he's saying is, how can you look and see clearly what's in your brother's eye when there's something so much bigger in your own? Amen? And, and, and you know, I'll give, I'll give you an example. Fast food lines. <laughs> drive throughs I'm going to give you a Dave example. <laughs> so often, you ever see people and you go through the fast food line and the person in front of you pulls up their cell phone and starts ordering 16 different orders and they're in front of you in the drive through <laughs> Okay? <laughs> now that could make you angry. Right? Because, you know, and what I did in my mind is I said, well, they should have went inside. You know, they're, they're being unaware. And, and, you know, this godly wisdom, they should have just went inside instead of holding up all these good people. You ever notice that your, your wisdom comes up when it benefits you? Right? Like I couldn't wait an extra five minutes for my ice cream cone. Right? Or my hamburger. Right? Because your, your wisdom that benefits you is not godly wisdom. Godly wisdom always benefits somebody else. And you know, I, I even, you know, I, I even made it sound good. You know, they're just unaware. They just need to be made aware that there's other people. And you know what? That, that's still David, Dave wisdom. That has nothing to do with God. It's, it's not, it's not gonna promote, it's not gonna help them. What happened was it irritated me, so instead of coming up and just saying, that's really irritating me, they shouldn't have done it, which that shouldn't irritate me, first of all. If it does, then I need to change, not them. Amen? But we don't want to come up with a godly wisdom. That's how, that's how religion, trying to explain things that you don't like or you don't understand, that's how religion comes about. That's, that's not how godly wisdom comes about. And that, and that's what Luke is talking about here. He's not just talking about just, just not judging this person. He's talking about actually being able to help them. What is it going to take for you to be able to help your brother? And the first thing it's going to take is you to, to get rid of some of the things you got that are holding you back from helping him. The biggest thing we have that holds us back from helping others is things inside our heart that aren't godly, that, that are getting in the way. And, and we're trying to see around it 
And it's right there in front of us. And you're going like this. I just need to help my brother. If I could just help my brother. Well, the easiest way to help him is get rid of that. And then you can see clearly to help him. Amen? And if you, if you go on in reading this, it says, it says, either how can you say, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me help you pull that mote out of your eye, when you yourself have a beam in your own eye. And what's he, what he's saying is he's not, he's not judging you for judging. He's saying you can't fix it. You're not in a position to help when you can't see it right. I, you, you're going to give him some wisdom because of the moat in your, because of the beam in your eye. You're going to give him some wisdom like I give at the drive-through line. Right? Sounds good, but no fruit. Sounds good, but it's not born out of goodness. It's not born, it's not a beneficial help. Why? Because you've got something too big in your eye to actually see clearly to help him. Amen? Because love is what helps people, not fine-sounding arguments. Right? You know, you can, you can think of a thousand reasons why somebody shouldn't irritate you, and none of them will be godly. Why? Get rid of what? Get rid of the fact that it irritated you. Why? Just love them. Do you realize if God got irritated with people, He'd be irritated all the time? I mean, we're always doing something stupid. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. There's many times where a lot of us, at different, various times during the day, are doing something stupid. Right? I'm not saying we're doing something stupid all day long, but if you add it all together, it's probably every second of the day, somebody's doing something stupid. Right? And God could get irritated, but He doesn't. Why? Because He loves us. Everything God does and everything God says is beneficial to the hearer. It's, it's beneficial to the person that receives it, and it was built for them, not for Him. Right? They're unaware and just need to quit ordering big big orders in the food line benefits me. Right? It gets me through up there faster so I can get my tacos. Right? <laughs> it's not it's not godly wisdom. And and that's what he's saying here. He said, You can't help them with wisdom you don't have. So what you have to do is clear your heart so that you can help their heart. Amen? And, and, and to clear your heart and to, and to bring out good things out of your heart. Because then he just goes, you know, a lot of people think, we, we cut this off. We, we think, well, that's, that's what he, he's done talking about that. He wasn't done talking about that. Right? He, he started out with and and now he's to four. There, there, it's a conjunction. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? And, it, and they're, they're, he's joining this together with it. He says, a good tree brings forth good fruit. In other words, in, in Matthew, he says, make a tree good or make a tree bad. So what he's saying is if you've got a beam in your eye, get rid of the beam, make your tree good before you try to bring forth good fruit. Without, if, unless your tree is good, you're not going to produce good fruit. So get rid of the beam in your eye so you can produce good fruit in, in your brother's eye. Because you can't, we cannot use godly wisdom out of corrupt fruit, out of a corrupt heart. Amen? Out of a corrupt heart, we're going to give wisdom like they're just unaware and they should let me in head of them in line. You're going to get stuff like that. You're going to get stuff like, you know, you'll start seeing people quote Job instead of quote God. Though he slay me, yet I'll serve him. I, I think that is awesome that Job said that, but Job said that. God did not slay Job. Right? He said that out of ignorance. It, it is a it is a awesome thing that somebody would say that, even because they didn't understand. You know, and, and it's way better than most of his friends who all had beams in their eye, by the way. Right? Every one of his friends had a great big beam in their eye, and they're trying to help Job with all their religiosity. That's a new word, and we're using it today. Right? Right? They're, they're telling Job he didn't do this, he should have done that, and he must have sinned. And what are they doing? They're trying to explain the unexplainable with religion. 
And that's how we get things like God doesn't heal all the time. That's how we get things like maybe this is just the way it was supposed to be. That's how we get things that aren't true, aren't truth. Amen? And when we get things and we believe things that aren't truth, what are they? They're lies. And we're being led by a lie. And, and that's corrupt fruit. What, the, what they did was they took a good, a good, a good thing and added their, their thought to it and it became corrupt. You can't add, you can't add to truth. The minute you add to it, it's now corrupted. Amen? And, and that's what he's talking about in this. He says a tree, uh, he says, um, in verse 43, he says, a good tree brings forth, brings not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. He's still talking about helping your brother. What's he saying? He's saying you can't help them until you get rid of the corrupt fruit and you're you're serving good fruit. You're producing good fruit. That's how you help somebody. You produce beneficial words. Beneficial help. Um, Trying to explain away the goodness of God with an experience is not beneficial. You, you would be better off at all times to say, I don't understand it at all, but I know God's good. That, I mean, that, that's, my, that's, my, that's my pat answer to people who, who ask me a question that I don't know. You know, I say, you know what, I don't know right now, but I know this, God's good. And if I know God's good, I can get an answer. But the minute I add something by, by trying to answer their question and thinking that's kind... That's not kind to answer a question that you don't know the answer to. You just created corrupt, corrupt fruit, which is not beneficial. Amen? Glory to God. Is it cold in here? Okay. If you guys, if they get cold, tell them to turn it up. I'm going to be hot no matter what. I'm on fire. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. A good tree cannot bring forth corrupt, corrupt fruit. In other words, a good tree, if you have a beneficial tree, it won't bring anything forth except what benefits the people that, that eat from it. Amen? Or receive from it. And he's still talking about your brother. If your brother needs something, first get rid of your problem, and then, get, then, then you can see clearly. What can you see? You can see wisdom. You can see truth. You can see God's answers. You can you, you now can give them something that answers their question, that takes away their, their wrong thinking, and that brings them up to a level to where God can help them. Amen? Because that's where you're that's where we're all trying to get. And then he says, For every tree is known by its fruit. Amen. <laughs> that's true. Every tree in other words, you don't call an apple tree an apple tree because of its roots. Nobody digs down and says, oh, yeah, that's an apple tree. No, they look up and they see what it produced, and that's what it is. And, and as Christians, we need to watch what we say. Our speaking is how we're judged. And when we say things that we don't know, or we explain things that they can't understand, or explain them with religion, then, then we've now produced poor, poor fruit, and they see Christians wrong. The world's seeing Christians in a wrong light too many times because all the religion out there. Again, we'd be better off to just say, you know, I don't understand it. Let me study. God will show us. I mean, over and over in Bible study over the years, we'd have questions. I mean, we're young. We don't understand much. But we did know God was good. And we'd say, no, next week we'll talk about it again and God will show us. And every week He did. Every week he gave us answers. Every week he, he, he gave us beneficial fruit. Why? Because a good man has beneficial fruit, has good fruit. Amen? He says, for good fruit, for, uh, where was I? For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs. Uh, for of thorns, men do not gather figs. Nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. In other words, don't look for the answer in the, in the wrong tree. If you're looking for grapes, go to a grapevine. Right? And that's, he's still talking about helping your brother. Give them real fruit. Give them something they can grab onto. Give them real wisdom. 
Real wisdom is godly wisdom. Remember, there's always two kinds of wisdom in the world. There's devilish wisdom and there's godly wisdom. And if you're not speaking godly wisdom, there's only one other choice. Right? And it's not godly. And even if it sounds good, even if it sounds religious, even if it, even if you use Scripture, Satan used Scripture, right? And it wasn't to produce good fruit. He used Scripture to produce really corrupt fruit. And it didn't work. Why? Because Jesus used Scripture from a good man's heart. Amen? And when it comes from a good man's heart, it's good fruit and it's beneficial. Amen? It says, for every, every tree is known by its fruit, thorns, you don't gather figs from thorns, you don't get grapes from, from uh, brambles. And then the next verse it says, a good man, and that word literally means beneficial, a, a, a beneficial man, a man that, that desires to benefit others, a good man out of the good treasure, in other words, the beneficial things stored up in his heart brings forth beneficial things. In other words, a good man will bring forth good things that help people. They will benefit you. Because why? They're born out of love. They're born out of a desire to help you, not a desire to push an idea onto you. Not a wrong answer, not a religious expectation, but but truth. They'll, They'll have truth that will actually make you free. Right? Too many times we give people an answer that, that makes them feel better, but they're not free. It's, it's great to feel good when you're behind bars, but you really want to be out from behind bars. Right? And, and, and the good fruit, the, the, the good man out of the good treasure, the good deposit, the good that he has stored up. And, and that's what God's saying. He's saying you need to get rid of all the stuff that's in the way and begin to store up good treasure. You need to begin to store in your heart. And, and remember how, how, how important the heart is because the beam in your eye represented something in your heart. Because if it's keeping you from seeing God, then it's, then, it's, then it's an impure heart because the pure in heart will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. They'll see and understand and know God. They'll know his motives, they'll know his heart, they'll know why he does things, not just that he does things, but they'll know he's a God of love, the pure in heart. Why? Because they don't have any corruption blocking it. They don't have any religion, they don't have any tradition, they have a heart towards God. And people with a heart towards God will find the answers. They may have to humble themselves sometimes and say, I don't have it right now. But what's a better way to get the answer? Because when you humble yourself, you get what? Grace. And when you get grace, you're going to get an answer. Because all the answers of God are in grace and they're reached by faith. Amen? And so you're going to get an answer. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man... You know, and and we look at the Bible kind of in a weird way because we look at it from our own vision. And the minute we see evil, we think of... I mean, just yuck. And but evil's just a twisted vision. It's just a twisted vision. You know, you could have a right vision and add something that's not right to it, and immediately it becomes twisted. Now it's evil. Why? Because it no longer works. It no longer benefits people. It no longer works the way God created it to work and does the things that God wanted it to do. Amen. So an evil man out of the evil stored up in his heart. And this is why we can't let things keep in our hearts. It's not just, I'll go back to the line. Why did I, why did I want them not to have the big order? Because it benefited me. I was selfish. Right? <laughs> there in front of me. What if they had been in back of me? I'd have never thought of them. Right? I'd have never thought of the people that were behind them in back of me. Why? Because I'm only thinking about me. The biggest beam in your eye is you. Why? Because our nature is to think about us. And that's what God's saying. He said, I want to get you to a place where you store so much of good in you, the good, the benefits that benefits others, that the minute your mouth opens, good comes out. Amen? 
out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth begins to speak. Because speaking, what, what we're going to say is going to come out of here. Right? Remember, go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4.20-something. In Proverbs 4.23. Begins with, My son, pay attention to my words. Right? Incline your ears to my sayings. And then he says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. The good man, out of the good treasure stored up in his heart, brings forth the issues of life. Amen? Because, and I'm not adding to the Scripture. I'm putting Scripture with Scripture. This is truth. Um, He's saying keep your heart. It's not just what's in it. Yeah, he wants you to put that word in it. He says put it in your heart. He says get it in your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. But what's he saying? Then he's saying guard your heart. Not so because it's going to get out. Don't let anything else get in. Guard your heart. Keep, keep yourself from losing what you got or adding to what I said. Because when we add to it, it loses its power. Why? It becomes corrupt. The Word of God is perfect. It's, it, I was going to say like a chocolate chip cookie, but it's more perfect than that. But it's a good vision because people take chocolate chip cookies and they add mint to them. Doesn't need it. They, they add candy bars to them. Doesn't need it. They add nuts to it. Doesn't need it. it. It's perfect without all that. In other words, with God's Word, don't add things to it that it doesn't need. Now, you may need all that in your chocolate chip cookies. I don't. I need a chocolate chip cookie. But with the Word of God, for it to remain good... In you, it's it, the, the word of God's never not going to be good. But when you add stuff to it inside you, then you corrupt it in your heart, right. and now your heart now produces what you've put in. Amen. Your your heart's not producing; it's going to produce out of its abundance. So as we listen to the word tonight, as we listen to the word later, as we as we sing, as we praise, as we that you're filling your heart. You're filling your heart with good things. And it's real easy to walk out the door after church and be a great person. Right? But on Tuesday night, when the kids are yelling, right? And, and, and somebody's getting an F and, and the bills aren't getting paid and, and the lady's in front of you in the line and she's ordering 16 meals and, and, and they're interrupting uh, Monday night, or I guess we're on Tuesday night, so we can't inter- we're in, They're interrupting something on TV with some political thing. And you got all these things. And, and what's happening is the devil's trying to get you mad. Why? Because if he can get you mad, he can get it in your heart. If he can irritate you, it starts going in your heart. You ever, you ever been there and, you, and all of a sudden you just said, I'm mad and I'm going to say something? Well, what happened? Your heart just began to overflow with bad things. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's getting ready to speak. And when you get tired, of, uh, when people are sick and, and, they've been, and they've been trying with what, all they've got in them and they're, sitting, and they're confessing the right thing and, and then they just wake up one morning and they feel bad and they say, you know what, forget this. I'm sick and I'm just going to say I'm sick. Bad day. Bad day. Right? You don't want to have a bad day. Well, what's it say in the Psalms? He who would love life and see good days, what well, he would refrain his tongue from speaking evil. Is that what it says? And his mouth or his lips from speaking guile? Because he, he wants to see good days. That's how you see good days. You refrain. Even though you feel like it, you refrain. You guard your heart. You don't let that stuff get in there to the point to where it flows out. You refrain. People say, well, refrain sounds like you've got to hold something back. Yeah, you do. Guess who's driving the ship? You. Right? right? You're driving the ship. Look at, look at James. James 3. James 3, verse 2. 
God's helping us, isn't he? Thank you, Lord. You know, we, we want to stop having bad days. How do we do that? We, we watch our mouth. doesn't matter what's, what the devil's trying to work in your head. Don't let it get to your heart. So what happens is it keeps, he keeps bombarding your ears and your eyes, and you see it, and you're like, oh, man, that irritates me. Oh, I don't like that. And next thing you know, you're pacing. Next thing you know, it goes from your eyes and your ears and your head down into your heart. And then you speak. Amen? You know what it's time to do when that starts happening? Sing. Sing. Quote psalms. Right? Pray for the people irritating you. That's what Jesus said to do. Right? Love your enemies. Pray for those who do despitefully. They're despitefully using me in that line, ordering that big thing. I could be getting my hamburger right now if they weren't up there. Pray for, pray for those people. You know what? They need help just as much as you did that day. You begin to pray and walk in love, then you're going to refrain your tongue and you're going to, you're going to, your lips from speaking guile. You're going, you're going to begin to say something else out of your mouth. Amen? And, and you'll, it'll take you places that you want to stay rather than taking you places you didn't want to go. Amen? James 3, 2, for in many things we offend. In many things we offend all. And that, that actually is kind of backwards, King James. Really, the Dave translation was there's many things that make us all stumble. There's many things that make us all fail. And that's what he's talking about right now. Of course, he's getting ready to talk about your tongue. Everybody's read this, right? If any man doesn't fail or does not stumble in what he says... In word. In other words, if you don't give in and, and speak things you shouldn't speak, if you don't get tired and, 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 and let, your, let it overflow in you, then, then you're the perfect man. Right? You're the same as a perfect man. In other words, complete. And, and obviously, you can do this. Right? Now, I think we all as people have moments. We have good moments and we have bad moments. We, we want to get to where good moments are our prevalent way of life. In other words, we want to get to where before we overflow and say something we shouldn't, that's when we begin to praise God. That's when we begin to look, for, look to Him for strength and help. And that's when, before we get tired because we've been sick, we begin to listen and sing. You know, even when you're sick, if you'll start singing, I've done it, 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 it will make you feel better. Right? Even, even if it's just for that moment. Because what you got to get through is that moment. We don't have bad days. We have bad moments. Right? Some too many people throw a whole day away because of one thing. If you said the wrong thing and did the wrong thing, it took one, it took half a minute. Get over that, repent, and come back. And begin your good day. Don't lose your good day over one bad moment. Right? right? right. We serve a merciful God. His mercy is so great that, that it, it starts... No, I shouldn't even say that. It starts well beyond where ours end. I was going to say it starts where ours end. Our, ours ends and then His goes two billion years and starts. Because His mercy is so great. You know, somebody was asking me the other day, they said, they said How, when do you think Jesus is coming back? I said... I don't know, but I know God's merciful. I said, and I know He's waiting on people. And I said, so if we're tired of the world right now, He's not even close. There you go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not prophesying. <laughs> I'm just talking. Because, I mean, literally, if we're, if, we're, if we're becoming unmerciful, we're tired and saying, oh, Jesus, you got to come back. He, he's not even began His mercy yet. He's waiting on the precious fruit of the earth. Everybody in here knows somebody that's not saved. If Jesus came back tomorrow, they'd be left here. Would you be okay with that? You can't be okay with that and love God at the same time because God loves people. When He comes back, we're going to rejoice. But until He comes back, we're going to preach the gospel. 
We're, we're going to live the goodness of God and let, and let people see how good our God is and draw them in to the throne to where there are people that go that wouldn't have. Amen? And, and that, that's our part. I mean, I'm not sure where it says give up, but you guys find that verse? Give up at some point and pray for Jesus to come? If you find it, email it to somebody. He's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. In other words, he's able to keep. Because if you ever notice, when you get angry and go off, it's your whole body that does it. Right? I can't believe they're they're ordering for my whole thing. I could be eating right now. I am, and next thing you know, you're pacing and you're out of here. You don't even want to go there anymore. I can't believe they did this. I feel horrible. I'm going to feel horrible. In fact, I'm going to talk about how horrible I feel about it. Your whole body gets involved. But if you can hold your mouth, you can, you can bridle your whole body. You can bridle every part. And, and then he ta- starts talking about a horse. Right? If you can just put a bridle in its mouth, you can get that great big horse to do anything it wants. But you put the bridle in the mouth and you ride the horse. Right? It doesn't do any good to put the bridle in the mouth and then let go of the reins. You're getting ready to go on a wild ride. Right? You know, many people, like they thought when he talks about the ship, he talks about the rudder, and that's great, but the rudder doesn't steer the ship. The rudder is to steer the ship with. Right? He even talks about it. He says there's a governor. Right? There's, there's a helmsman. That, 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 that's who steers the ship. So you are the, you are the guide of your own life. You're speaking things into your own life and going whatever direction you just spoke. So if you decide to speak bad, then you're going to go the wrong direction. If you decide to speak good, you're headed the right way. The, the waves may be rough, the storm may be big, but as long as you're going towards the good, you're going the right way. Too many times we look at the easy way and we say, oh, we're probably supposed to go that way because that's easier. I'm really good at that because I like the easy way. Right? Somebody Get somebody else to do it. Pay, pay somebody to do it. You know, find the easiest way and go that direction. But many times God's not going to send you the easiest way because that's not where the people are you're supposed to see. Amen? The people you're supposed to see are this way. So turn your little rudder, keep your speaking your good words, and head that way. Right? Because that rudder is what's going to get you where you're going. That, that's, that's, that's what's going to steer your ship. And, and he's talking, he's still talking about the tongue. Your words are what's steering that ship. He says, behold also ships, which though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds. He even talks about it. Yet are they turned about by a very small helm, whither, whithersoever the governor listeth. Amen? Yeah, I think a lot of people like that religion where you just have a helm and you just take your hands off. Oh, God will take me wherever He wants to go. No, he, He's spoken. He said a good man out of the good treasure He stored up. The good treasure stored up in His heart. The good treasure that He put in. The good treasure that He guarded. The good treasure that He kept. The good man that kept that treasure, that's the, out of that abundance, he's going to speak. But, but that's our part. God makes it available, it's our part. Amen? And, that, and that's what he's saying. He's saying, if, if you do this, if you hold on, if you decide where you're, where you're going instead of just letting it fly, or if you decide where you're going and stay on the course. You, got two, you, you let it fly, you're going the wrong direction. You're going wherever the wind blows you. You are the old hound dog. You wake up and you go that way. Right? That's what hound dog. They wake up. Where am I going to do today? Oh, let's go this way. No. We want to wake up and we want to know what God has for us and we want to seek good and pursue it. Amen? That's what people who love life and, and want to see good days... The end of all that is if you want to seek, you seek peace and you ensue it. Amen? 
And that's what you're looking for. And he says, so the tongue, a little member, boasts, boasts great things. Behold how great a matter, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, and it defileth the whole body. And what's he saying? He's saying, if you just let your tongue go, just let it do whatever it wants, then, then it, will, it will defile your whole body. And, you know, Jesus said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of him. And what's he saying? He's saying, if you just allow your tongue to talk and, and just to, to, to let it say what you think, right? <laughs> instead of making it say, refraining it, right, and keeping it. Refraining and keeping. You know, people want to talk to mountains, but you can't talk to mountains until you can refrain and keep. Right? Why? Because you won't have any confidence. Right? You know, many people wonder why people don't trust them. Well, because you say this and you act like this. Right? You can't get good fruit from a bad tree. You either say this and do this, or you say that and do that. Amen? We, we need to be people of our word. Amen? Where'd we go? Verse, verse 7. Every kind of burst, beast and the birds of the air and the serpents and the things of the sea are tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue no man can tame. I just thought he said that we could refrain our tongue. He did. He said no man can. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Right? Jesus is perfect proof. He walked through this earth and he, did, he refrained his tongue. He said only those things his father said. You know, if, you say, if we say only those things that God says about us and about everyone around us, well, what if you only said that, no matter what they were doing? Right? You know, even if they're not saved, God looks at them and says, my son died for them. Right? They have a choice to be my child any moment now. And he's expecting them. He's expe- God is looking at the world and expecting it. He is expecting, he, he, didn't, he didn't send Jesus for one person or for half a persons or for two-thirds of the world. He sent Jesus for the whole world. And that's what he's going to keep his expectation on. He, he won't make the choice for people, but he's going to keep his expectation on it. Amen? And if we look at people, and that's what he's saying, get the beam out of your eye so you can see the way I see. So you can see the situation the way I see the situation so you can truly work in it. Because you can't minister until you get rid of the things that are bothering you and the things that are keeping you back. You can minister when you see it the way I see it. The pure, Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Amen? They'll, they'll know His heart. They'll see God. It's not talking about just going to heaven someday. Because... People that are saved are going to go to heaven. But the pure in heart, they're not looking for anything else except doing things the way God wants them done. Amen? Being what God wants them to be in the place that they're supposed to be. Amen? Whew. I like it. But the tongue no man can... The, the tongue, therewith, we, therewith bless we God, even the Father. In other words, he's saying that we bless God, even saved people. Even save people. What? Because that's who's father. He's father to save people, right? Amen? So even save people, and therewith curse men. And so save people not only, along with everybody else, are using their mouth to bless God and curse men. And he's saying, this, this ought not be, brethren. This ought not be. Curse men which are made out of the similitude of God. Share that similitude. Whew. Pretty professional, pretty professional, professorship right there. Thank you, Lord. And then it goes back to what we were talking about in Luke. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? That is an impossibility. You either have sweet water or you have bitter water. If you put bitter water in sweet water, it's going to be bitter water. Sweet water can only be sweet water if it has no additives. Nothing else can be put in there. It is good. 
And that's what he's talking about. He says, a good man, a good man, he puts the sweet water in. He allows nothing else in. And, and he stores it up. And then out of the abundance of his heart, sweet water comes out. Why? Because he let no bitter in. Bitter is, is, is evil wisdom, which is where we're going. Amen? He, say, he says, sweet water and bitter water, they can't come from the place. You can't, the fig tree can't bear olive berries, either vines, figs, so, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. It's, no, it's not possible. If you, 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 would have to, you would have to get rid of the salt and be fresh. If you put salt water in the fresh water, it's now salt water. In other words, you can't do anything to fresh water and keep it fresh water. The only thing you can do is let nothing in. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Let nothing in. Let nothing out. Amen? Guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence. Glory to God. It's important because this is the start of making your words work. Your words have to work when you don't think about them. In other words, if something's getting ready to happen in the spur of the moment and, and you yell, oh my God, or you yell, Jesus, which, you know, it's, it's the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth's going to speak. Whatever's, what, whatever you trust in the most is what you're going to scream. Amen? And we, we want to scream Jesus. Amen? It says, who is wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, out of good words, his works of meekness, of wisdom. Our godly wisdom shows when we speak. Amen? What you're operating in will immediately show when, when, when you speak. Amen? And you can make it sound as good as it, you want to sound, but if it's not godly wisdom, it won't work. And, and it won't help the person. The way you'll know it is it won't help anybody. It just made you feel good because you said something profound. Right? I was looking at something uh, somebody sent me that somebody else said that had nothing to do with God. And they said, isn't that profound? I'm like, no power. Why? It's not God's word. Right? It doesn't matter how profound the word is. If it's not God's word, it has no power. Right? And it's not good. Why? Because it has not the power to help them. It just makes them feel good. Making somebody feel good is not what God did. He, he made them be good. Right? He, he made them be good. Glory to God. And that's what we want. A wise man, he shows it out of his meekness, meekness of wisdom. But then he, then he goes on, he says, but... If you have bitter envying and strife, where? In your heart. The heart and mouth connection always has to stay steady. You always have to remember, if some, you let something in your heart that corrupts the good word of God, then now you're, you're, you're about to use it in the wrong way. Because why? Because you're bitter and envy. Right? Have you ever wanted something and so you manipulated it with, with words to get it? Right? That, that is speaking wisdom out of bitterness and envy. Right? I mean, it's no different than me saying, you know, those people really should be more aware of us sitting back here. Right? Why? Because I was envious of their position and I was bitter that they were in it. <laughs> bitterness and envy, that, that literally it means to be hot, boil over. Right? That's what it means. So that's what I'm talking about when the devil's working on you. He's trying to get you mad enough to speak. Because that's when bad things or good things happen. If he can get you to speak from the wrong heart, evil wisdom, then, then he can affect your life and the lives of people around you. But if he cannot get you to, and you only speak godly wisdom, Amen. Remember what we started. There's two kinds of wisdom. If you if you don't speak out of the goodness of God out of your heart, you will you can, you can speak out of bitter and envy and strife, and and it'll do want two things. It'll make you feel worse, and it will cause division. The wisdom of God never causes division. 
It never separates. It never. It, it always has a way to 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 come in to where you can receive it. Amen. It's it's it's. Well, we'll just read about what the wisdom of God is. This wisdom, bitterness and envying, that wisdom is from below. It's not from above. It's earthly, sensual, and devilish. And, and when we speak in it, we, we speak bad fruit. We bear bad fruit. We're envying and striving. Remember what Brother Moore said years ago. He said, strife is the manifest presence of the devil. We don't, we don't allow it. This is a strife-free zone here. If you're in strife, then you have to get out of it in the church. Right? And that doesn't mean you can get back in it when you get out of church. Because if you got out of it, you wouldn't get back in it. Right? You don't get, out, you don't get back in it. Because strife is a division. In other words, strife's caused when you see things wrong. You see things two ways. Because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to see how God's Word could work over here or over here. No, God's Word works right just like this. Right? The, the devil wants to divide that. He said no man can serve two masters. He wants you to see things wrong. Because if you see things wrong, you'll say things wrong. Amen? And, and, and so he wants you to try to get you to see it wrong. So he, he uses evil wisdom to get that to happen. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's not corrupt. It has no ulterior motive. It's, it, it, it wants to see God's answer. The wisdom that is from above wants an answer from God. It, it wants to see the heart of God concerning... It looks at people and it says, Okay, God, how can I help? And God will say, do this, say this. And he, he gives you words. And, and as you meditate on the, on the words and as you, as you look to him for answers, he begins to give you things. And, and, and people will come to you if you've got this kind of wisdom. Why? Because you're, you're, you're peaceable. You, you don't bring division. You bring reconciliation. You bring harmony. You, you bring, you're gentle. And it's easy to ask you a question. It's easy to ask you. You're not going to get mad about it. It's easy to ask you a question. You, you're, you can be, and, and, and when you do get asked, you don't drop, drop your jaw and say, I can't believe you did that. Why? Because you're full of mercy. When you're full of mercy, nothing surprises you. Why? Because you've got enough mercy to overcome it. You're full of mercy. You're full of mercy and you're full of good fruits. Why? Because... You're a good man, and you stored up good fruits. The wisdom of God is full of good fruits, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when we have a full heart of mercy and good fruits, that's what's going to speak. That's what's going to go. To, and and as, we, as we learn to speak from these places, we'll get in the place to where our words matter all the time. And we won't just fly off the handle. We won't say things we shouldn't. We won't give advice that makes no sense, that's, that's based on religion and not true understanding of God's Word. Amen? We, we will go to places that, that help people. Everything you say will benefit the person you're saying it to. And that, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for things that benefit the people we're talking to, the people that we want to help. Our brother that has a moat in his eye. He's got a moat in his eye and he needs help. Are you willing to get rid of the beam in your own to help him? Because to have godly wisdom, you can't have hypocrisy. And if you've got a beam in your eye trying to help somebody with a moat in theirs, you're a hypocrite. Amen? Godly wisdom takes us to a place where we say exactly what God would have said. And people say, how can we do it? Jesus did it. He spoke to people in, in God's language, in God's words, and He spoke God's wisdom. And when He did, people left healed, people left changed, people left saved, people, people left with benefit. Amen? And, and, and for us, we, we need to, to, to lay that foundation of good words because your words have authority. And if you're going to start speaking to things in your own life or speaking against things in other people's life with them, you're going to have to believe in the words you say. And you can't believe in words that are, that are corrupt. They have no foundation and they won't last. And they won't bring benefit. Amen? 
People say, well, you just are crazy people. You just confess things that aren't true. No, we confess things that are true. Right? You just can't see them yet. We see them. Why? Because we see God. We see God. Ephesians 4. We'll close with that. Ephesians 4 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. In other words, even if you feel like saying it, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. The, the, the one thing that we got to realize is that it's not just about what we say. Sometimes it's about what we don't say. Amen? What we say is we need to say good things. We need to speak the Word of God. We need to praise when we feel like yelling. We need, we need to sing when we feel like shouting at, some, at, shouting at people. We need, you know, because that, that's what's happened in the world today. They're not refraining their tongue. Right? Have you noticed that? The world, they, if something doesn't go their way right now, they just yell and scream. And then they go on a news program and they give you 85 reasons to justify why they can yell and scream. And there's no justification for it. You're bearing bad fruit, bad fruit's going to come from it, and you're benefiting nobody. Amen? And, and when we decide not to let corrupt communication come from our, when we decide, I'm not going to speak that way. I'm only going to speak things that build you up. What's he saying? I'm only going to speak things that benefit you. I'm only going to speak things that bring you higher in Christ. I'm only going to speak good about you because that's how God sees you. God sees you well. God sees you whole. God sees you delivered. God sees you Peaceful, God sees you joyful. God sees you as his child. God loves you with all of his heart. He, he values you above all things. And that's how we should see every person that's on this earth. And when we do that and we begin to say those things, instead of saying, I can't believe they did that. Oh, they're going to hell in a handbasket. Right? I don't want to go to hell without a handbasket. <laughs> And I don't want anyone to go to hell with or without a handbasket, right? So we speak things out of the good God, the good treasure that we've stored up in our heart and out of the abundance of our heart, good communication, things that benefit people, things that build people up, things that that keep the things of God working in our own lives and gives them the opportunity to work in others. Beneficial, good, good things. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's helping me. I hope He's helping you. You guys are quiet tonight. Guess that wasn't a running and shouting message, as we say.